All right, Jabal Say, good morning. Let us begin. I want to begin by thanking our sponsors. I thank Dolby and Nina Elman, our Tamatora sponsors for Teves, for dedicating all the Shi'urim and Drushas this month in honor of their daughter Ayala becoming a Bas Mitzvah. May she continue to be a source of Nachas for the entire Mishpacha. We thank our Dafyomi sponsors, Eli and Judy Benzev, for the yard site of Eli's mother, Chana Devora, Bas Harav Binyamin Zev. We hope that in the merit of our Tamatora, the Neshama Havan Aliyah and the family in Nechama. And we thank the Meirowitz Mishpacha for dedicating Dafyomi today as a Zechos for the Rafur Shleim of Shulamis Tova Bas Mindel. We hope that she, together with Kol Chodah Yisrael, have a complete and enduring refuah. And I will say with that, let us begin. So a lot of very interesting Gemara we're picking up. Today's daf is Nun Beis, 52. And we are picking up Emirat Hashem and Shatov Muslachas on Nun Aleph Amud Beis, last two lines. Amud Beis, Safra, Rabbi Abba. So remember again, we are in really the fascinating topic of Minagam Akam. So we've, we've seen a couple of different examples of this. We saw ultimately again the so now we're into the Mishnah's last case, right? So the Mishnah's last case was remember the Mishnah discussed about doing work before Chatzos on erev Pesach. So the Mishnah indicated to us that this seems to be a topic of minog. After it seems to be from the Mishnah that again we'll discuss after Chatzos no 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 malacha before Chatzos seems to be. Before Chatzos seems to be an element of, an element of, uh, Minog. So again, the Mishnah discusses if you go from a place where there's one type of Minog to a place where there's a different type of Minog, essentially again, whenever you travel from point A to point B, or city A to city B, and there are two different Minhagim, the approach is Nosnin Alav Chumri Hamakum. You get the Chumris of the place where you came from, and Chumris of the place where you are. So we'll say, watch this. This is a great case. Omri Rav Safra Rabbi Abba. So Rav Safra said Rabbi Abba, Kegon Anon, Diad Inon B'Kviyad Diyarcha. What about like us? Us, we know Kviyad Diyarcha. We'll say Kviyad Diyarcha means establishment of Rosh Chodesh. So for example, by us, remember again, we'll say, we keep Yom Tev Sheni Shal or at least I should say, we did. The concept of keeping the second day Yom Tev was was a result of calendrical ambiguity, right? Remember again, you all know, once upon a time we established a new month based on sighting of the new moon, witnesses would have to come to Yerushalayim, Bezin would have to declare the new moon, and then ultimately dispatch messengers. While dispatching messengers, the messengers often did not reach underlying communities for some amount of time, to the point that out, you know, outlying communities didn't know, was it a 29-day month, a 30-day month, they just, they just weren't sure. So because of that, because of that, they had to keep a second and they have yantiv. So now listen to this. Rav Safra says, Rabbi Abba, listen. We know the calendar. We know the calendar. So if we go ahead and travel outside of Eretz Yisrael, do we have to keep yantiv sheni? <laughs> it's a good shayla, right? Do we have to keep second yantiv, top of non so obviously, so obviously, if we're in a diaspora community on second day Yom Tiv, of course we don't perform Malacha in public. Look at Rashi. We'll say this is incredibly important. You know, and sometimes people misunderstand this halacha. If you live in Eretz Yisrael, 
and you come here for Yantiv, for some strange reason, right? You, you come here for Yantiv, you cannot do Malacha publicly. This is very important. People misunderstand this Halacha. You cannot do Malacha publicly. Because remember, think about this, Rebbe. Say, our whole sugya is about respecting Minag Amakom. So it's interesting because today, Yantiv Sheni that we keep in the diaspora is like this hybrid between Minag and Halacha. So if you're coming from Eretz Yisrael you're coming here, you cannot perform malacha within the community. The shaila was because you're departing from the from the communal norm. The shaila is bamidbar mai. Well, so what about what about now? Midbar literally means desert. But in this context, what is he really asking? What happens if I'm not in habitation? I go out of the Jewish community. I'm out of the Jewish community. Can I perform malacha on the second day of Yamtiv? Can I promise? So you hear the shayla. So again, so Rav Sarf was saying, I know that I can't do malacha yom tov sheni in the community, not because I have to observe per se yom tov sheni, but more because I have to respect communal norms. Let's say outside of the community, can I do malacha? Amalei hachiyon Rav Ami biyishuv aser bamidbar mutra. Rav Ami said that when you are in the yishuv, ultimately when you're in the community, you can't do any type of public malacha. Ultimately, again, because that would disparage the Minagamakom, but if you are outside of the Jewish community, ultimately you are permitted to do so. So we'll say this discussion about what a Ben Eretz Yisrael is permitted to do on Yom Tov Sheni is quite a fascinating one. Quite a fascinating one that has a lot of dramatic machlokes aposkim. We definitely do make a chilik between things that are done befar hesya publicly versus things that are done bitsina privately. Again, we'll have to we'll have to find a different point to be ma'arach on those halachas. Rabbi Nassim bar Asya Azul Mibei Rav Lepompadisa Biyam Tavsheni Shalat Saras. We'll say, watch this. So Rabbi Nassim bar Asya went from his yeshiva Mibei Rav ultimately again to Pompadisa on the second day of Yom Tiv. On the second day of Yom Tiv, second day of Shavuos. So we'll say he traveled out of the Trum on the second day of Shavuos. So we'll say, so what happened? So the Gemara says, um, the Gemara says, Shamte Rav Yosef. Ultimately, again, Rav Yosef excommunicated him because he felt that obviously he publicly disparaged the second day of Yom Tif. Why, why are you excommunicating him? Why don't you flog him? Give him Malchus. I gave him the, 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 literally again, the more superior punishment, which, which in this context means the more Hamra punishment. It's true. <coughs> I could have given him Malchus, but I decided to excommunicate him because ultimately, again, that is a more severe punishment. Rav Yosef, remember again, the reason why the reason why Rav Yosef was was acting in such a harsh fashion is because he felt that Rabbi Nassim Bar Asya had publicly violated the communal norm. So because that he felt he had to react in a very significant fashion, excommunicating him. So the Gemara says, how do you know that excommunication is a more chamer form of punishment than Malchus? Than Malchus. Because in Eretz Yisrael, when they had to go ahead, if there was a Tamut Chacham, who went ahead and violated something, they would go ahead and have a vote, right, regarding whether or not to administer Malchus to him. For though mimnu ashamto, 
but they would not go ahead and have a vote regarding excommunication. Now, what does that mean? Look at Rashi for just a moment. Mimnu anagde debarbe rav, Talmud shesarach, if a Talmud chacham did something inappropriate, hayunimnin lahakoso velo lindoso. They would discuss in the Beisdin, should they go ahead and give him Malchus, but they would not discuss if they should excommunicate him. And Eretz say, interestingly enough, if they had to punish the Talmud Chacham, they would give him Malchus, but they would not discuss, they would not discuss um, excommunication. Because the concern was to excommunicate the Talmud Chacham ultimately, again, could disparage or could undermine Kavadah Torah, honor given to Torah. So you see from here that excommunication is a more severe form of punishment than Malchus. Yet Rav Yosef felt compelled to go ahead and excommunicate Rav Nassim Bar Asya because he felt that Rav Nassim Bar Asya did to undermine, to undermine the Minagamakum, right? To undermine Yom Tevsheni was so severe that it required this severe response. So Ikeda Amri, alternate version of this story. Ikeda Amri Nagde Rav Yosef. I'm saying this alternate version. Rav Yosef ordered Rav Nassim Bar Asya to be flogged. Lashes. Amali Abai Nishamte. Right? Nishamte. Nishamte. So ultimately, again, Abai says to Rav Yosef, why are you flogging? Why don't you excommunicate him? It's just the reverse. Why don't you excommunicate him? To Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef, Ultimately, again, we excommunicate those who disparage the second day of Yom Tiv outside of Eretz Yisrael. We'll say just, we'll see this sugya. I mean, this is not a, this is not a Psachim sugya, but the sugya of Yom Tiv Sheni Shalgaz, we'll say, is, re- is really quite fascinating. And you see Chazal's, Chazal's like incredible insistence on maintaining this, this halacha, even with uh, even with a fixed calendar, right? To most remember again today, we have no calendrical ambiguity. Nothing. We we know exactly when everything is. We know exactly when everything will be. There's 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 no ambiguity. Yet again, you see Chazal's concern. What the Gemara says is Shemayachsir Daver Lekilkulo, a general concern of Gentile intervention in our calendar, and a concern that if we don't keep Yom Tov Sheni outside of Eretz Yisrael, Chas Shalom, we run the risk of of losing sight of the Yom. That's why you see a severity. So I so Abai says to Rav Yosef, why didn't you flog Rav Nassim Bar After all, again, because Rav and Shmuel both say, we administer, we, 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 we excommunicate if somebody disrespects or violates Yom Tov Sheni. To which Rav Yosef responded, that's only a regular person. Here, we are dealing with a Talmud Chacham. The Gemara says, because the Avdi, and because whenever you have to punish a Talmud Chacham, you always find for him the most favorable punishment. They're both saying, let's understand what this means. This is what Rashi was mentioning before. The issue whenever you have to punish a Talmud Chacham is remember, a Talmud Chacham is always bigger than himself. What do I mean by that? The Talmud Chacham is the ambassador of Torah. The Talmud Chacham is the ambassador of the Riban Hashem. So what you do to him, what you do to him, ultimately again reflects back on Torah. But we'll say that's why, that's why the Talmud Chacham 
has greater level of responsibility for his actions. This meaning this cuts both ways. The Talmud Chacham is judged more severely because he is the ambassador of Torah. And because ultimately, again, he is the ambassador of the Reba Nashalom. That's why you see so many Ma'amari Chazal, the Tamidi Chachamim are held responsible for even the slightest of infractions. But on the flip side, when he's done something wrong and you want to go ahead and punish him, so the Gemara says, according to this version, the Gemara suggests, that according to this version, we're going to give him the most machmer form of punishment. Ultimately, again, because in Eretz Yisrael, they went ahead and they voted regarding the lashing of Tam Chacham, but they did not vote regarding excommunication. So you see from here that excommunication is considered to be a more severe form. So we'll say in the two different versions, so the Shaila ultimately was did Rabbi Nassim Bar Asya administer, sorry, did Rabbi Yosef administer the highest form of punishment, not the highest form of punishment. Okay, those are the two versions. But we'll say, but bottom line, the takeaway message is, don't violate Minag HaMakom. This is incredibly important. The Gemara drilling over and over and over. It is true that your Minhagim follow you where you go. But at least on a public level, when you find yourself in a particular place, so so you must adopt the Minag HaMakom, at least on a public level. What you could do privately, what you could do privately, or what you could do outside of the confines of the city is a different kind of discussion. But at least publicly, one is bound by the Minag HaMakom. Incredible. Kiyot Sebo. So most remember again, the next case in the Mishnah was a very interesting situation about a person who goes out and takes Peros Shviyas, Shemitah produce, from one city to another. So we'll say, let's talk about this in just a moment. There's an interesting halacha, the halacha of Biur. Biur literally means as follows, that you, you could keep, you are permitted to store Shemitah produce in your home, right? Again, we know, basic halacha is a Shemitah, can't work the land, can't do commerce with Shemitah produce. You are permitted to store Shemitah produce in your home, as long as that same produce, same type of produce, is readily available for the chayas, for the animals in the field. So as long as it's available to, to the animals outdoors, you are permitted to store it. The moment it is no longer available to animals, you can't store it in your house. That's the halacha of beer. To the point where we'll say that, let's say again, I'm storing Shemitah apples in my house and there are no longer any Shemitah apples available on the trees, I must remove it from my home. Now there's a machlokis, exactly what beer is. Does beer mean destruction? Or does beer just mean you take it out and you make it hefker? That's a machlokis. We'll go with the approach that says you just have to take it out and make it hefker. Which most of the way also means all you need to do is take it out of your house, make it hefker. Technically speaking, what can you do after that? You can take it back. <laughs> you can take it back. But there is an obligation to remove it from your home and actively make it ownerless. That's the concept of beers. Remember, again, the Mishnah spoke about a case where I go from a city where, let's say, produce is available out in the fields to a city where produce is not available out in the fields or vice versa. Now, I remember Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda had a very cryptic statement. Rabbi Huda Omer you could have the statement, you could also go out and get for yourself. So we'll say, so it's not immediately clear 
what Rabbi Huda was saying. This is what we're going to focus on in the Sukkot. So we'll see, here we go. Says the Gemara, Kiyotzei Ba'amolach Perashvias. For less later, Rabbi Huda, Hadisna Nosnin Alav Chumri HaMakom Shiyatzim Isham, V'chumri HaMakom Shahalach Lasham. So what we said is, Rabbi Huda not subscribe to the idea that in general, when you go to a new city, pretty much you have both Chumras. You have the Chumras of the Minhagim of your hometown, but you also have the Chumras of the Minhagim of your present location, to which the Gemara says, no. Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Huda, in fact, is saying something different than the Mishnah. Also, remember again, the Tanakhama in the Mishnah said, the Tanakhama in the Mishnah said that Halacha pretty much, if you go from, let's say, your hometown to City A, right, home to City A, and let's say, in one of those towns, and, and you, you travel with Shemitah produce. And in one of those towns, either one of those towns, the Shemitah produce is no longer available. Now you're chayiv to get rid of it from your home. You're chayiv to do beer, right? Because you're say, think about this. The mission is just saying, remember, whenever you travel from point A to point B, you take the chumras of your hometown and the chumras of the new town. So from a Shemitah perspective, what that means is, if I'm transporting Shemitah produce, and in one of those two towns, the Shemitah produce is no longer available. I'm chayiv for what? For beer. I'm chayiv to go ahead and now get rid of the produce. So, and Rabbi Yudha said, no, you can go out and get your own. So the Imara says, what, what, what does this mean? So we we'll say, here we go. Here we go. This is what Rabbi Yudha was saying. So listen to this case. Let's say I'm traveling from my home to city A. And let's say, we'll say in both locations, in both locations, the Shemitah produce is still available. Good news, right? Baruch Hashem. I'm traveling with apples, with Shemitah apples, and both in my hometown and in city A where I'm traveling to, Shemitah apples are still available in the field. No problem for me to keep it in my home. Vishama, then what happens? I travel from my home to city A. I get to city A. Vishama shekalu bimkomo. And now I hear that the produce, the apples, there are no longer apples available in the field in, in my hometown. So I'm no longer in my hometown. I traveled to City A already. Right? When I left my hometown, apples were available outside. I get to City A, Barkhashim apples are still available outside. Then I hear that back in my hometown, apples are no longer available out in the field. So what does the Tanakhama say? Chayiv Levair. You have to do beer. We'll say, why do you have to do beer? Why do you have to do beer? Because remember, whenever you travel from your home to another city, you take the chumras of both places, of your home and of your, and of your new city. So now again, in my hometown, they can no longer keep apples in the house. So I have to do beer, even though now I'm in city A. Rabbi Huda, Huda says, why? Why? Rabbi Huda says, why, why do I have to go ahead and do beer on the apples? I could tell the people from my hometown, you guys could also come here to City A, and there's plenty of apples available outside. In other words, why should I be bound? Why should I be bound what's happening back in my hometown when I'm in City A, and apples are still available in City A? I could easily send word to the members of my hometown and say, you guys could also come here and still keep apples in your home. The Yomar says, I, and in City A, there are still apples in the field. Good. So the Memra, Rabbi Huda the Kula Kamar. Now, say now, what this makes it sound like is Rabbi Huda is actually espousing a Kula. He's actually espousing a leniency. That whereas the Tanakhama would say, in this case, I left my hometown, I went to City A. When I left home, apples were still available in the field. I get to City A, apples are available in the field. Then I get word, apples are no longer available in my hometown.
Tanakama says, Tanakama says, you have to do beer. And now it sounds like what Rabbi Huda is saying is, no, you don't have to do beer. Why not? Because I could send word to the members of my hometown. Hey guys, come to City A. Plenty of apples available for everyone out in the field. So Rabbi Huda is saying, But when Sagar Rabbi Huda says, Rabbi Huda holds Lechumra, not Lechula, Ela Eifuch. Rather, you have to switch around the two shitas. Eino Chayiv Levair. In fact, it's the Tanakama who holds that you are not obligated to do beer. In this case that we're talking about, where again, I go from my hometown to City A. When I left, in both places, apples were available in the field. I get to City A, I settle down, I get word from my hometown. Apples are no longer available in the field. The Tanakama says you don't have to do beer because you can tell the members of your hometown, hey guys, just come to City A, plenty of apples. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Yehuda will say, well, go out and try to bring apples from your hometown. You can't because they're no longer available. Therefore, halacha lemaisa, you have to do beer. So I'll say, Rabbi Yehuda is the one who's saying that halacha lemaisa, you are bound by the realities of your hometown as well as by your present location. And since in your hometown, apples are no longer available, you are obligated to do beer, even though now you are residing in City A. But say, obviously, I just want to point out, I, I'm sure you, you know this, the, this presupposes, of course, that your intention is to go home. Right? That's what this presupposes. Right? Obviously, if you moved from, from home to City A, and City A is your new home, then of course this discussion doesn't apply. This, all this whole concept that you are bound by Chumre Makum Shiyat Samisham ultimately assumes you're going back. Abayo Amr Abayi says no. The Olam Kedikhtani. Abayi says no, no, let's go back to the way we had it before. That really the Tanakamal was the one who was being Machmir, and Rabbi Hudu was being Mekil Vachikamar. This is what it means to say. Omi makom shalokalo lemakom shekalo vechzira limkoman vaadayin lokalo. Boss, I listen to this case. This is a great case. What's the case? Says Abaye. The case is where I left home. I left home. Right now, in my hometown, in my hometown, there are still apples available in the field. Right? The trees are laden with apples. Baruch Hashem. I now go to city and I take apples and I go with me now to city A. To City A. Now we'll say, now when I get to City A, what happens? There are no longer any apples available in City A. And then what happens? I go back home. I go back home. I say, you know, I'm not staying in City A. I go back home. And what comes with me when I go back home? What comes with me? My apples. I always take my apples everywhere, right? So I go back home and have the apples. So we'll say, so now you see what's happened? I've gone from a place, my hometown, where apples are available. I went to city A, where apples are not available. And now I came back with the, all the same produce back to my hometown. And in my hometown, in my, in my hometown, and in my hometown, apples are still available. So we'll say, now what's the halacha? So the Gemara says, The Tanakhama says, you're not chayev to do beer. Right? After all, again, you're back home. You're back home. In your hometown, ultimately, again, apples are still available. You're not chayef to do beer. Get ready for this. Rabbi Yehuda says, yes, you are. You're chayef to do beer. Why are you chayef to do beer? Because ultimately, again, you took that produce to City A. What's the status in City A? The status in City A, there are no, there are no apples available. So if Rabbi Huda says, Save go try to bring out these apples from the place where you came, where you came from, which was in this case City A. The apples are no longer available in City A, and therefore you must do 
beer. So we'll say, I just want to point out, this is like an extreme case. Because in this case, you're back home. You're back home. So Tanakhama says, listen, once you're back home, you're back home. Right? That, that, that's it. We're, we're, we're done. Right? Once you're back home, you're only bound by one set of minhagim, which is the minhagim of your home. It's amazing. Rabbi Huda says, no. Halacha lemaisa. Once you travel, and again, because this is a produce issue, once you travel with that produce to another location, even once you bring that produce back home, that produce is governed by the chumras of all the places where you've traveled. So it's really quite dramatic. Rabbi Huda will say, even though now you're back home, and back home the apples are readily available in the field, you have to do beer. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Maskev Ravashi Rabbi Huda. So Ravashi Rabbi Huda, that doesn't make any sense. Atu agava dechamra kaltinhu. Ultimately, again, literally it means, do the apples get absorbed on the back of the donkey? Now, I'll say, look at Rashi for just a moment. It's uh, in the intermediate wide lines of Rashi. Third line in. Gabal dechamra kaltinhu. Gabo shal chamar. Shechnison l'sach osamakom. Hachamar kaltan b'chumre osamakom. Shal yuchalach ziran ot. Halo gadlu sham. Venochun sham. So literally, again, what they say is, does the donkey cause, when the donkey brings in the produce to city A, does that make it city A produce? In other words, both sides, what the Gemara is saying, what the or Ravashi is saying to Abihuda is, that doesn't make any sense. This produce didn't grow in city A, nor was it consumed in city A. So why would it be bound by the Shemitah status of produce in city A? Well, so remember, again, this is a different case. In this case, the produce grew at home. I, I write, it's available at home. I, I took it with me to city A and then I brought it back home. And yet Rabbi Hud is saying that because in city A, apples are no longer available in the field, even though you brought the produce back home, you have to do beer. To which ultimately, again, Ravashi that doesn't make any sense. What shaykhus does this produce have to city A other than the fact that it was on the back of the donkey in city A? This produce grew in my hometown. So Shemitah's status should be determined by the hometown. So the Gemara says, Rather, what you have to say is that the Machlokis Tanakam and Rabbi Huda is rooted in the following Machlokis. This is not a very interesting case. We'll say, if your Kovish literally means like you're pickling, right? Imagine for a moment that you're pickling three different types of vegetables in one in one barrel. Now, both saying, now the, the interesting case over here is as follows. That I remember, we're talking about a Shemitah year. So remember again, the same halacha of beer. You are allowed to go ahead and keep produce inside your home on a Shemitah year as long as that produce is readily available in the field. So we'll say, so imagine this case. You have three different types of vegetables. Uh, whatever it is. Three different types. A, B, and C. You're pickling them together in a barrel. So watch this. So we'll say, so what's the halacha? Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Ochlan alarishan. I will say, now, what's going to be the problem? The problem is the shas beer for those three vegetables are going to be at three different times. Because you're both say, remember again, you're, you're, so cucumbers are available until X, and uh, cabbage is available until Y, and celery is available until you know Z. Right? So, so both say, say, everything is available until a different time. So the shy, so both say, the underlying issue over here is. We assume that when you pickle items together, they to a certain degree become like one comprehensive unit. So the shaila is, when is the shas beer 
for these vegetables that are being pickled together. So Rabbi, Huda, so Rabbi Yeshua says, I'm sorry, so Rabbi Eliezer says, They're all governed by the first shasbir, by the earliest shasbir. So as soon as the first vegetable hits its shasbir, that governs the rest of them. Rabbi Yeshua says, no, we govern them by the latest shasbir. Rabbi Gamliel says, even though they're being pickled together, and therefore to a certain degree we look at them as one unit, for beer purposes, the halacha will be that what? Each one is reckoned independently. So I will say, so what you would have to do is, the moment that the shas beer for cucumbers comes along, what do you have to do? You gotta pull the cucumbers out of the pickling barrel. And then the moment that ultimately again shas beer for cabbage comes along, you gotta pull out cabbage. Each one is still governed by its own independent shas beer. The halacha kidvarov. And ultimately again, the halacha follows the Gemara says, Rabbi Gamliel. So Rashi points out over here, if you look at Rashi, it's actually the first of the widest line in Rashi. Rashi says over here, The Gemara wants to suggest over here, or I should say Ravashi wants to suggest, uh, Ravashi wants to suggest that this machlokis is machlokis Rabbi Huda and Tanakamo. Rashi says, "V'tana demasnisin Rabbi Huda b'ha'pligi." The Tanakamo says, "V'lekrabi Yeshua to make you Tanakamo hold like Rabbi Yeshua." And ultimately, again, and Rabbi Huda will say, "Rabbi Huda will hold like Rabbi Gamliel." Okay, fine. Ravino, Ravino says, "V'pligi tahani tanai." No, not true. Not true. In fact, machlokis Rabbi Huda and Tanakamo is the machlokis of the following tanaim. How so? This none. Ochlin, another interesting case. Ochlin bitmarim at shechala acharon shebet soar. But we'll say again, all shemitah cases. You are permitted to go ahead and eat dates. Rashi points out over here, bechal eretz Yehuda. This is Dafka talking about the tribal area of Yehuda, which we'll discuss in just a moment. You can eat dates until the last date is finished in the city of Tsoar. Tzor was an area in Yehuda. So we'll say, what's unique about Tzor? Look at Rashi. Last Rashi on the daf. She'ir ha'tmarim. Ultimately, again, Tzor was known as the city of dates. Utnan lekamon. Shalosh aratos labir. Shein b'nei Yehuda ochlin mishekalu b'chol eretz Yehuda. V'ahu b'shalokalu b'galil. We're going to see this in just a moment. It's going to be in days. Eretz Yisrael is considered to be divided up into three different areas. Three different areas. The halachos of beer are governed by areas. So for example, Yehuda is one of the areas. So we'll say the halacha is that you are permitted to go ahead and eat, and we're going to see that each area is divided up into three quadrants. So for example, for, for the tribal area of Yehuda, you could eat produce or store produce in Yehuda as long as the produce is available in one of the quadrants of Yehuda. But what happens in Yehuda is not impacted by what happens in Galil. We'll see, for example. So the Gemara therefore says, Halacha Lamaisa over here, that's what? That Halacha Lamaisa... You could eat dates, you could store dates in Yehuda, as long as dates are available in Tsar. Right? So Tsar apparently was the tri- was one of the areas in Yehuda that was able to maintain dates until the for, for the latest amount of time. says Ahmed Bayz, Ochlin Ad Shell Bain Hakipin, Bain Ochlin Al Shebain Hashitsin. So interestingly enough, Rabshin says 
That's true. You could go ahead and consume dates as long as they are available between the branches, but not when they are available between the thorns. So what does this mean? So remember again, dates would often fall off the tree, right? Would often fall off their clusters. So dates would sometimes get caught in between the branches or sometimes they would get caught in the thorny protrusions towards the bottom of the tree. As long as there are dates available in the branches, it's considered that dates are readily available for the animals of the field. But if the dates are not available in the branches, they're only available in the thorns, that's not considered to be as if the dates are readily available. Look at Rashi for just a moment. So Rashi says over here, Derech the top Rashi on Amid Beis, Ochlin al-Shal ben Akibin, Derech the Kalim Lios be'ikar and Kotsim Sabe, Vahainu Shitsim. Skip down a little bit. Skip down a little bit. You see that? So remember again, the Gemara is suggesting now that this machlokas, this machlokas is machlokas rapiyud in Tanakama. This is what our Mishnah means to say. The Tanakama of our Mishnah would hold even if the dates are readily available in the thorns, it's still considered to be readily available, and it's only once they're no longer available in the thorns that the beer kicks in. Rabbi Huda Omer, so we'll say ultimately again, the Gemara wants to suggest over that perhaps the Machlokis, Rabbi Yudin and Tanakam and our Mishnah, is this very Machlokis. At what point in time are dates no longer readily available? Tanakam would hold only if the dates are in the branches. Rabbi Yudin would say even if the dates, Halach are available in the thorns, that's still called readily available. Okay, so we'll say, so just trying to figure out different ways to tie up the Machlokis, Rabbi Huda and the Tanakama in the Brisa. So we now have effectively three different approaches. We have Abaye, we have, um, we have Rav Ashi, and ultimately again, then the previous approaches as well, so that were truly were the case, the, the, the Nafkamina case in Rabbi Huda and the Rabbanon. Good. So we'll say now the Gemara mentioned this concept ultimately of three different areas, three different regions for Shemitah purposes. And I was going to expand on this a little bit. And this is really quite fascinating. Shalosh Aratzos Labir. There are three different lands when it comes to beer. So what this means is as follows, that the halachos of Shemitah are governed, by, are governed by three different regions. The three different regions are Yehuda, Ve'ever Hayardain, Ve'galil. Yehuda So we'll say, what does this mean? And in each of these areas, Yehuda, Ever Hayardain, and the Galil, there are three different quadrants in each of these areas. And therefore, what? So we'll say, what, what exactly is the ramification of this? I'm saying that there are three different areas in Eretz Yisrael for beer purposes. Mostly what this tells you is as follows. So remember again, in each, so, so in Yehuda, you have quadrant one, two, and three. Galil, quadrant one, two, and three. Eva Yardin, quadrant one, two, and three. Now, say, now what, what's the importance of this? Remember, we're, we're fully focused on beer. Right? So remember again, I will say, the halachos of beer say, you can store Shemitah produce in your home as long as that produce is readily available for the animals of the field. So how do we gauge that? So first of all, number one, it's not gauged in Eretz Yisrael in totality. It's, great, it's gauged regionally. So Yehuda 
will gauge will, will be its own independent entity for beer. Galil own independent entity for beer. Averhayardin own independent entity for beer. And even in that Rabosai, it could be that in two thirds of Yehuda, produce is not available. That's okay. As long as produce is available, at least where, at least in one quadrant, at least in one area of Yehuda, that is going to be enough not to trigger the obligation of beer. So the Gemara says, Minahanimim. From where, from where, where do we know this concept? From where do we know this concept? Rashi says, "The ochlin biyuda at sheichala achron shebeshalosh arazos sheba, aval in ochlin biyuda aydi osin shevagalos." So we'll say, "How do I know that Yehuda is governed by its by its areas, and that you can eat in Yehuda as long as produce is available somewhere in Yehuda, but yet you can't eat in Yehuda if what if produce is no longer available in Yehuda, but is available in the Galil? From from where do I know this concept? Amekra." Because the Pasik says, the Pasik says, well, so I read the Pasik in its entirety. Oh, this is really it. So speaking about the Shemitah year, that during the Shemitah year, ultimately the produce of the land will be available to the animals to eat. The Gemara makes an amazing observation. Behemoths and chayas are two different things. Behemoths are domestic animals. Chayas are non-domestic animals. So the Torah says that the Shemitah produce should be available for consumption to the behemoths and the chayas. What is, and listen to this incredible limud. What does it teach me? As long as the particular produce is available to the chaya in the field, which means it's available in the, we'll call it in the wild, right? It's available, it's available, is the right, 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 in the wild? Yeah, right? It's available in the wild, right? It's available, it's available in the field. So ultimately, again, then, then, I'm sorry, then, then ultimately, again, you're permitted to go ahead and feed it to the animal in your home, which will say mean you're allowed to store the produce in your home. However, but once the produce is no longer available to the animal in the field, then ultimately again, then you are no longer permitted to store it for your behema in the home. I will say this is the halacha of beer. It's incredible. This is the halacha of beer. This is the halacha of beer. When it's available to the chaya in the field, you could store it for the behema in the house. But when it's no longer available for the chayyah in the field, you cannot, this is a storage issue. This is a storage issue. You cannot store it for your animal inside of the home. Ugamiri, and I've also said we have a, we have a tradition. This is fascinating. Say an animal, an animal that grows up in Yehuda cannot be sustained through produce from the Galil. And an animal from the Galil cannot grow up or cannot be sustained from the fruit, ultimately again in Yehuda. So we, we know that since the Torah makes the whole ability ultimately to store produce in your home based on availability to the animals, to the chayes in the field, and we know... Rabbi said, Gemiri doesn't mean like we have some type of esoteric tradition. Gemiri means we know, we see this, we see this. Yehuda animals eat Yehuda produce. They don't eat Galil produce. Galil animals eat Galil produce, not Evayardin produce. And Evayardin animals only eat Evayardin produce. So therefore, by definition, you see that Eretz Yisrael is divided up into three, into three areas 
for beer purposes, which also also tells you that Eretz Yisrael, this is the beauty. This is the beauty of Eretz Yisrael. See, they will say, if if the animals of Eretz Yisrael have to be sustained from their particular chelik in Eretz Yisrael, it tells you that if every animal has a chelik in Eretz Yisrael, then imagine what we have, right? Every Jew also has his own chelik in Eretz Yisrael. And ultimately, again, your chilek is your chilek, my chilek is my chilek, my chilek doesn't encroach on yours, and your chilek doesn't encroach on mine. That's what the Mishnah of Abba says, that one of the miracles that occurred in Yerushalayim was, V'lo amar adam tsarli hamakum. Person never said, there's not enough room for me, Sha'alin bi Yerushalayim. See, I will say, see, sometimes we think in life that there's a pie, and if you get a bigger slice of the pie, it's less for me. So first of all, it's not true, because at the end of the day, not only is it not true, but we don't even share the same pie. You have your pie, I have my pie. Halabai, you should get all of your pie. I'm happy for you to get it, and you should be happy for me if I get all of my pie, because if I get more, it doesn't impact you. You have your parnasa, I have my parnasa. And in Eretz Yisrael, it's the same thing. Every single Jew has his chilek in Eretz Yisrael. It's an incredible thing. So if Tchayis have their own chilek, like the Chayis of Yehuda, don't eat the produce of Galil. They, 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 they have their own thing. And there's no such thing that if you have more, I have less. Right? Each of us has our own chilek in the land. Incredible. So we'll say, but I just want to point out, this is a very dramatic Gemara because this is the, this is the source for beer, that's olive, and B, base, you begin to see that for beer purposes, there are three geographic areas. There's Yehuda, Eva Hayardin, and Galion. In each of these areas, there are three different quadrants in each of these areas. And the halachas of beer say, as long as produce is available somewhere in Yehuda, even if not in all the places, you don't have to do beer. So on and so forth, the other places as well. Turn on, Perush, say, these are great cases. Perush, I would urge you, you know, fold the, fold the flap down on your, uh, on your page on this because it's a Shemitah year this coming year. And also, Mir Tashem, we will be able to travel to Eretz Yisrael. So again, these are great sugyas because these are the Shemitah sugyas that are going to come up. Well, this is an interesting case. What happens if you transported Shemitah produce from Eretz Yisrael to Chutzlaretz? Now, I will say, the legality of doing such a thing is a different discussion. Right, but let's say you did it. You transported Peros Eretz Yisrael to to Chutzlar, Shmita produce. So I will say, so now what happens? Now, what's the halacha? Misbarin b'chomakom shein. We'll say when the shas beer comes, when the shas beer comes, you have to get rid of them from your house. So I take Shmita produce from Eretz Yisrael to Baltimore. Now again, what happens? Apples are no longer available in the field in Eretz Yisrael. So I have to do beer, but I don't have to bring the produce back to Eretz Yisrael to do beer. I could just do beer wherever I am. Wow. says, no, you have to take the Shemitah produce back to Eretz Yisrael and do beer back in Eretz Yisrael. Incredible. Where does he get that from? Ultimately, again, because the Pasuk says, Right? The Pasuk says, So you have to do beer in Eretz Yisrael. So Shemitah says, 
I the Gemara says, but one second, we use that half fixe, half fixe, but we already used that pasuk for the drush of beer, like we just saw before. Kari be ba'aretz ba'artzecha. It could have just said ba'aretz, but instead it says ba'artzecha. You could do a double drasha. Inami me asher ba'artzecha. Or he darshins asher. So we'll say, fundamental machlokas, you take Shemitah produce from Eretz Yisrael to Chutz Laaretz, it's now the Shas beer. Where can you do beer? Tanakama says you could do beer in Chutz Laaretz. You don't have to bring the produce back. Shonalala says, no, you have to bring the produce back. Incredible. Rav Safra, nafak me Eretz Yisrael, me Eretz Yisrael, Chutz Laaretz. Rav Safra went from Eretz Yisrael to Chutz Laaretz. Hava bahadei garba dechamra dechviyas. What did he bring with Rabosa? He brought with him Shemitah wine. So Rabosa, I want to be clear. You could get Shemitah wine in Chutzarat also, but in general, if you're getting Shemitah wine, it's, it's Otsar Beisdin. That's something very different. Very, very. Now, again, you still have to finish every single drop of Otsar. You should finish every single drop of every wine in general. It's just a good way, just a good way to live. Just a better way to live. Now, I'll say, but again, we're talking over here now, Mamish Shemitah. So he went ahead and Rav Safra brought a barrel of Shemitah wine from Eretz Yisrael to Chutz Laaretz. So what happened? Lavu Ba'adei Rav Huna Rav Kana, Rav Huna, the son of Rav Ika, and Rav Kana were accompanying Rav Safra on the journey. Amr Lehut, Rav Safra said to, it, to, to them, Ika Rabbi Avo, did either of you hear from your Rabbi Rabbi Avo, Halacha Kerb Shimon does the halacha follow Shimon Alazar or not? So you both say this is obviously very important for a safra because the safra has a barrel of wine. The shas beer, I guess, was approaching. So he wanted to know, what do I do? What do I do? Do I need to go ahead and bring the wine back to Eretz Yisrael and do beer there? Or can I do beer right where I am now in Chutz Laaretz? So Amr Rav Kahana, Haki Amr Rabbi Avo, this Rav Kahana said, Rabbi Avo told me, Halacha Kerb Shimon Alazar, you have to take the produce back to Eretz Yisrael to do beer. So the Gemara says, Amr Rav Huna, Amr Rav Huna, Beid Rav Ika, Haki Amr Rabbi Avo, Eina Halacha Kerb Shimon Alazar. So we'll say, so now there's a Machlokas. There was a Machlokas amongst Rav Safra's travel companions. One said Rabbi Avo said that Allah follows Rabbi Shimon Alazar, and one opinion said that Allah does not follow Rabbi Shimon Alazar. Amar of Safra, Nakot Haklalad Rafuna Biadacha. Biadacha. You know what? I'm going to adapt. Take this principle of Rafuna in your hand. The Daik Vegomer Shmaisis Sami Pumei, the Rabbi Kirach Bade Pumpadisa. So ultimately, again, Surah Safra, Safra said, the truth is, I'm going to go with Rafuna. I'm going to go with Rafuna because Rafuna was as meticulous of retelling these statements, the teachings of his Rebbe, as Rachba of Pumpadisa was. Because what did Rachba of Pumpadisa say? Dom Rachba Amr Rabbi Yehuda, Harabayis Tav Kafal Haya. Because we actually saw this Kimara, right? Harabayis had, was double benched, right? In the area around the Azara, there were double layer of benches. Stav Lifnim Stav. One row of benches inside of another row of benches. Kari Ali Rav Yosef, so Rav Yosef said, suppose I say that just before we go on. So Rav Safra, Rav Safra chose to go with the approach of Rav Huna. Right? So ultimately, again, Rav Huna said that Rabbi Avo said, in halach Rav Shimon Al-Azhar, that the halach does not from Shimon Al-Azhar, that you do not have to take Peros Shvius back to Eretz Yisrael, Ultimately, again, for beer purposes. And Rav Safra is saying, we're going to go like, we're going to go like Rav Huna, because Rav Huna was as meticulous of retelling the teachings of his Rebbe as Rachba was. So the Gemara says, Kari Alei Rav Yosef, 
Ami ba'asa yishal umaklo yagidlo. So I'll say he got a little bit of a, of a twist on the pasuk over here. The pasuk says, Ami be'eto yishal. My nation, they ask counsel from wood. From wood. Umaklo yagidlo. And his staff will tell over. Hidarshan kalamekilo magidlo. People generally tend to side with the more lenient opinions, right? Kalamekel Magilo, the more Kula de Kashita usually speaks to people. So say so in this particular case, the Kula was that the halacha does not follow Rab Shimon Allah. And I both say that is indeed how we paskin. Sahalacha Lamaisa, if you take Pedro Shavias out of Eretz Yisrael and the Shas beer arrives, you are obligated to do beer with that produce even outside of Eretz Yisrael. But halacha lebais, you are not obligated to take it back to Eretz Yisrael for beer. You do beer wherever you are. Shkach, we'll stop here. Pick up here. Be tomorrow.